And you can always get cellophane at the pharmacy. <laughs> okay, who else has praise? Yes. Uh, praise God that uh, we protected our daughter here. Same thing, you had her flat. You had her flat on Christy, but um, praise God that we protected her. The terrorist throwing screws out on the road. Who else has praise? Amen. I believe I believe Tafari is going to be baptized next week. I got to talk to him more about that. He said he would. He said he would. So praise the Lord. Well, it's good to have the Bales with us, brother Bales. Come on, preach to us. I got it. All right. Good to see each one of you here. I noticed that this side over here is a little heavier than this side. It's the leftist. Well, that's the leftist. Facing forward, that's the leftist, and that's the rightist, right? I'll let you folks decide that. But uh, being a Navy man, I'm always concerned about capsizing. So. Used to, uh, in the when I was in the Mediterranean, going on. I didn't didn't do a lot of Liberty runs, but I did shore patrol runs. Uh, I would volunteer for shore patrol so that I could uh, do what? Yeah, <laughs> they were the troublemakers, uh, and uh, it's amazing how those uh, Marines can be brought in tow. Uh, I ran into a fellow over there that had been from my high school and he was a couple of grades below me but man he would fight like a circle saw. Just the drop of a hat. And uh, I didn't know what happened to him but I, I, I joined the Navy. I got over there in the Mediterranean and I'm aboard the USS Roosevelt. I'd been on shore patrol, been relieved and so I was back at the dock ready to catch the Liberty launch back to the ship and uh, here comes this uh, I guess a taxi come pulling in real fast and he jumped out of it and he said did I miss the Liberty launch I said no no we hadn't got here yet and I looked at him I said Frank Frank Bossy yeah yeah John Bales he said man I'll tell you that sergeant he said, if we, if we get back late, he said he'd take every stripe we had, you know. <laughs> and uh, he, he had tamed this old boy. I'll tell you, those sergeants, they know how to, those tech sergeants, they know how to tame those, those guys until they get on the b- battlefield and then they get wild again, right? Well, <clears throat> how's it feel to be in church and not in jail? Feel good? I want to just share with you a little bit. We do appreciate your support of our ministry. And uh, we got kind of, we we never did get stopped, but uh, even though my voice was not in the best shape, I was still doing some preaching. Just had to get real close to the microphone. But uh, we really slowed down quite a bit until this fall. And then we got back into it full force. But um, 
been able to help some churches uh, get loaded, loaded up, restocked with John and Romans, <clears throat> still working with several right now to get, get them supplied with John and Romans, and uh, then also uh, mentoring. Been having a lot of opportunities to mentor pastors, younger pastors, and um, helping them work to work through situations and so forth, and that's been a blessing. Uh, we last, let's see, well, last August <clears throat> preached in a church that I started uh, over about 50 years ago in uh, out of the one of the branch churches out of Highland Park Baptist Church, Spring City, Tennessee, and uh, it's a somewhat economically depressed town. And but we were, we were there with that pastor. We've been been with him a number of times over the last probably five or six years, but uh, <clears throat> seeing the Lord bless, seeing them be able to accomplish some goals and so forth and, and reaching people. And of course, my wife was able to lead a lady to the Lord. It was interesting, a lady came forward during the invitation and uh, my wife came forward and dealt with her prayed with her. She was praying for a granddaughter who was away from the Lord. And so then we had a meal after the morning service and um, this lady <clears throat> was there and my wife was talking to her and she said, by the way, do you, uh, do you know that if you were to die, your soul would go to heaven or something to that effect? And she said, no, I don't. And so um, she said, would you let me talk to you later? And she said, yes. So she said, well, after we eat, I'll, go, I'll be glad we'll sit down and talk. And that's what they did, and she got saved. This lady that got saved was the daughter of the lady that came forward and the mother of the teenager that she was praying for. So uh, prayer is important. Amen. Amen? And so that was, a, that was a great success. On this trip... Uh, we started out <clears throat> from Chattanooga, and uh, I had uh, initially had a certain number of meetings that we were going to have, and we had some times where we were going to stop and try to get some rest and get prepared to go on. turned out that everything got filled up, and I was preaching day after day after day after day after day, and uh, when ended up... An, uh, two two more conferences that I had planned to have, one in Connecticut and one in Berlin, New Hampshire. And so we have re really uh, gone strong and furiously. And then speaking in the prison up there in, in New Hampshire, that was a great blessing to see those prisoners, probably about 18 or 20 of them, and they sang boisterously songs of the Lord, praising the Lord, testifying, and that was such a blessing. And uh, so th there's many blessings along the way, uh, but uh, you have to try to stay strong. So I ask people to pray for us. Pray for uh, safety on the highway. Pray for strength. Pray for stamina. And pray, pray for spiritual power and pray for my wife, Sandy. 
that I don't drive her crazy along the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Second Peter, chapter one. <clears throat> And we're going to begin by reading the first 11 verses. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained, and notice this, that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. This passage is loaded with benefits that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and bound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if, the, if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your word to change us into what we need to be. We pray, Father, that you will help us to be able to glean some things from this passage tonight that we might consider where we are spiritually and where we need to be spiritually and that we would have a desire, Lord, to let you teach us, guide us, direct us. But, Father, help us to be willing to see in truthfulness the things that we need to do concerning our spiritual walk, concerning our spiritual lives, Lord, we pray that you will do a work in our hearts and lives here tonight, that we might gain a greater understanding of your will for our lives and your plan for our lives. And we'll praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to begin by saying that you and I will never be what God wants us to be until we settle some things in our mind and in our hearts concerning salvation. Our sanctification and our maturation. It's not enough just to be saved and to be set apart. There needs to be a maturing process. And by that I mean <clears throat> that we need to give attention 
to what God says in this passage. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 1.1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us. Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, we all obtain salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We do not attain it. We do not excel to get it. We accept it by faith. We accept it by putting our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Salvation is not a reward for the righteous. Salvation is a gift for the guilty. And so we need this like precious faith to be saved and God has no cut rate salvation plans. There's no other way to get it except through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the strange thing that happens. Some are saved, they grow in grace, they thrive, they become strong, they become victorious in their faith and their walk, but then there are others who stumble and uh, they stagger, they slip and they fall, and they have difficulty even understanding the Word of God. So why does this happen? We all have the same precious faith. Well, look at 2 Peter 1.10. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. So Peter says in 2 Peter, in, in, in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, in these first 11 verses, he says, I'm going to show you some things that will uh, do, allow you to do things that you would not normally be able to do. He says, I'm going to allow you to become a fruitful believer. You see, we don't need to be slipping and falling. We need to be going forward in faith and having a victorious Christian life. So, <clears throat> Peter, when he was born, he was named Simon, which means to listen. But Jesus gave him the name Peter. And uh, this is a Greek word that we, that is the word, same as the word Petros. And Petros speaks of petrified. Now, if we find a, a, a piece of wood or something that's petrified, it's going to be turned into rock, right? And so, we don't want to have a rock for a head, but we do need to be standing on the rock of ages. Amen? We need to, we need to be standing on a firm foundation. And that's where this passage takes us. So, I want us to begin by first looking <clears throat> at... The fact that we must have a faith that shows. A faith, I'm sorry, a faith that knows. Getting ahead of myself. A faith that knows. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, the Apostle Peter says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God 
and Jesus our Lord. Now notice that word knowledge. Knowledge is the key word in this passage. And if you look at verse 2, you'll see knowledge. Look at verse 3, you'll see knowledge. Look at verse 5, you'll see knowledge. And in this chapter, knowledge is spoken of about 16 times. So, in fact, the ordinary Greek word for knowledge is gnosko. However, the word that is spoken of here for knowledge is epignosis. The difference is that epignosis speaks of acknowledgement or full knowledge. It's one thing to know about Christ. It's another thing to know him in such a way that we know him. Amen? An intimate knowledge. Uh, how do you get that intimate knowledge? Well, let me give you a verse. Look at Philippians 3.10. Paul says that I may, and you know this verse, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. So we allow ourselves to be made conformable to what God wants us to be. Amen. And that means dying to self, allowing ourselves to be dead to the things of the world Amen. and alive unto Christ. Amen. Now, I want you to look with me uh, as we think about this. Uh, when I talk about my wife, Sandy, I'm talking about somebody that I know intimately. Now, if you were to ask me about my wife, I would give you her name. I would possibly uh, describe her a little bit by the color of her hair. It's not gray. You can see that. And uh, <laughs> uh, her hair was what attracted me to her when we first, I first saw her. And of course, then her hair was long blonde hair. And uh, I in a ponytail, and uh, I tell you what, I couldn't take my eyes off that girl when she was 15 years old, and I was just two years older than her, and uh, I wanted to get to know her, and uh, did get to know her. We've now been married 65 years. Now, if somebody would uh, ask me about her, I might give them her I show them a picture. I might uh, tell her, tell a little bit about her, some of the things she's done, and what she means to me. But that you wouldn't know her like I know her. You see, because I've spent time with her, much time. We don't get to know Christ by just knowing about Him. Amen. We get to know Christ by spending time with Him. That's what the pastor was talking about in the Sunday school hour, okay? And I'm sure you had the same thing in here. You know, get to know the Lord by spending time with him. And so, in verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, through the knowledge of Jesus, 
we receive pardon for our sins. That's grace. Peace comes through the knowledge of Jesus. And power comes through the knowledge of Jesus. Look at verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So what good are all these things that God has given us if we don't know about them? How do we find out about them? The precious Word of God. We learn all of this through our precious Bibles. And God teaches us through the power and the working of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, assurance is not a feeling. It does come, it does not come through intellectual knowledge about God. Assurance is the epignosis, experiential knowledge that comes from being with God intimately. Now, I want you to look with me at verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He has given us everything we need. Now, remember this. God has already given us these things. It's not like we have to attain them. We attain like precious faith, and with it comes all of these wonderful fruits of the Spirit. The divine nature helps us to understand that we have a divine purpose. So let me talk with you just a minute about this nature that, it, that is in us and what it does. Your nature helps determine your appetite. For instance, a pig has an appetite for slop, right? We had pigs on our farm. Ten of them, and we fed them slop, and they loved it. <laughs> Peter said, a dog will return to his own vomit. Now, sheep prefer green pastures, right? So, now, if you will tell me what you feed on, I'll tell you what your nature reveals. Think about that. Do you have an appetite for the Word of God? Wow. Not only does nature determine appetite, but nature determines environment, where we go, what we do. Nature determines behavior. So you need to know the nature that God has put in you. God has put a nature in us that causes us to have a desire for worship and causes us to be able to love the unlovely and to love people that we normally would not love if we were lost people. You look at all the lost people in the world around, uh, around our nation and around the world and you see them warring against each other, right? We, we have the nature 
the divine nature. That makes a big difference. Secondly, we, we must have a faith that grows. <clears throat> In 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7, it says, Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. We are saved by grace through faith. But then once we have that saving faith, we add to that. We give diligence, not just, well, Lord, just pour it on me. He's not going to pour it on you. We have to dig, right? We have to search. We add to our faith. And we add to our faith, and the more knowledge we have, the more we are going to let our faith lead us rather than our feelings. Amen. And so, it says, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. So we need to know what we have in Christ, but once we get there, we need to make it our purpose to grow in knowledge of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have this precious faith, you will be diligent about your growth. In 2 Peter 3.18, it says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. If we are not growing, we will fall. The characteristics listed in 2 Peter 1, 5-7 expand one on another. I want us to look at this little checklist for a moment. Notice, first of all, it says, add virtue. What is virtue? It's strength. You say, where'd you come up with that? Jesus, when he was touched by the woman who had an issue of blood, he said, who touched me? Well, there's many people touching you. He said, but virtue went out of me. Strength went out of him and went to this woman. And she was healed. We need to continually stay in the Word so we can be touching the hem of the garment. Amen. Amen. We need to add to our faith virtue. And then it says we add to virtue knowledge. Now this is a more practical knowledge of Christ. This is, uh, this is learning the Word of God and learning the ways of God, okay? Learning more about Jesus Christ and that, that little slogan about what would Jesus do? It's kind of de determining what Jesus would do in a certain situation. We want to do that, right? And so uh, we add to our virtue knowledge and to knowledge... Temperance. Temperance is important, very important. Now, I've got to re re find out where I'm at here. <laughs> Peter said, add, add to virtue knowledge. This speaks of practical insight. And then 
uh, we need to know what he would do, have us do in every situation. Then we also move on to temperance. It's self-control. Proverbs 16.32, the writer says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Think about that. You know, we men are very quick to fly off the handle. Now, women don't do that, of course. <laughs> but we men sometimes can be quick to just fire off. It's hard. It's hard to be under self-control. And it's, uh, but it's an humbling thing, and yet it's, a, it's actually a way of being strong. It's strength, so to speak, under control. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Proverbs 25.8 says, Go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof, when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. Sometimes we can fire off, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, we find out we were wrong. And we have to be shamed as a result of it. You know, babies are not only weak, but sometimes babies, they get out of control. And they go into a tantrum. They have to be corralled. So, ask yourself, am I out of control? What about my desires? What about my appetite for food? What about my sleep? What about my, my spiritual life? You see, what about your quiet time? You see, we add virtue, we add knowledge, we add temperance, which is self-control, and um, we add, next we add patience. What is patience? Patience is steadfastness. We just keep on going. You see, we don't need to quit. So these are things that we cannot manufacture. You can't just go in and say, okay, uh, go into the spiritual store and say, I'll take that and I'll take that, I'll take that. No, these are things that grow in us and through us as we gain a greater knowledge of Jesus Christ through his word. Thirdly, and finally, it says we must have a faith that shows. Do you have a faith that shows? 2 Peter 1.8 says, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we begin to grow, we will no longer be barren, blind, or bewildered. Instead, we'll bear the fruit and have deep assurance that we are saved. Sometimes you will have somebody who gets saved, and then they get saved, and then they get saved, and they got saved the first time. They trusted Christ, 
but they didn't have the assurance because they never grew. I can tell you this, until a person that receives Christ begins to submit themselves in obedience to the Lord, and that begins with baptism. People say, well, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. No, you don't. But you have to be baptized to be obedient. If we're going to be obedient believers, we begin by getting baptized. It's amazing. When I started pastoring, the people who did not get baptized just never grew. They just remained a dormant believer. They never got excited about anything of the Lord. They would come to church and just be there. And that was it. Obedience begins with following the Lord in believer's baptism. Obedience begins with identifying with the local church and entering into the fellowship of the church. The Bible speaks of having the fellowship of the saints. We need to have a love for the saints. Amen? Uh, <laughs> we were talking about that this morning. Someone long ago coined this little rhyme. To live above with the saints we love, that will be glory. But to live below with the saints we know, that's another story. Folks, we need to learn to love people. Not all their ways, but love people. We need to continually show a love for people. Not just the people in the church. We need to love the people who are outside the church. Love them in. Love them because Christ died for them. Help them to find their way to Christ, just like those four men did when Jesus was there in Capernaum and preaching in that house and the people were standing around they couldn't get in. They got up on top of the roof and they took the roof off and they let this man, brought this man with palsy and brought him and, and lowered him down in there so that, that Jesus could heal. They had a faith that so strong that they believed that they had to get him to Jesus. We've got to realize that we have to get people to Jesus. Amen. And we have to do whatever's necessary to see that happen. So we need, we must have a faith that shows. Somebody said, Billy Sunday, who was a baseball player, that God uh, saved and called him to preach. Anybody ever hear of Billy Sunday? number of you. And uh, he was way back before Billy Graham's time. And, uh, but he was kind of like the evangelist of the day, like Billy Graham was. And uh, he would do strange things. He would, dig up on the platform, he would do, uh, just do a backflip on the platform. Get so, get so excited by his preaching. He would get excited about fighting the devil. He'd grab a chair and he'd smash it to the floor, to the platform, and, and break it up. I, I wouldn't advise 
young preachers today to do that. But he just did unusual things, and maybe he did that to hold the people's attention. I don't know. Uh, but Billy Sunday was, when he was a young Christian, someone told him something. They said, if you'll do three things every day, no one will be able to call you backslidden. And here's what they told, he told him. If you will spend 15 minutes in the Bible every day, 15 minutes in prayer every day, 15 minutes talking to other people about Christ every day, every day, no one will be able to call you backslidden. Now, I'm sure possibly as he grew, he probably spent a lot more time than that. And, but yet, if we were to ask for a show of hands right now of everybody here that spends at least 15 minutes doing those three things, we'd probably all be ashamed, wouldn't we? But you know what? That's what, that's where it starts. If we're going to walk a spiritual walk, if we're going to live a spiritual life, if we're going to give ourselves to the work of God and to the service of God and exalt our Savior, Jesus Christ, we must begin with the Lord every day. Amen. We must begin in the Word of God. We must begin spending time in prayer and being specific in our praying. Lord, bless all the missionaries that are represented by our church. That's not, that's not praying. We, we, we call out people. We call out in situations. We call out the things that are specific. And I noticed you were doing that as you were remembering different ones. And that's good. But just calling them out is not going to do it all. We have to spend time in prayer for them. Amen. And we must call them out before the Lord. Oh, dear God, help Clarence Sexton to get through this. He's needed there at Temple Baptist. He's needed there at Crown College. That's just one. Oh, there's so many things we need to pray for, Hunter. We need to make a list because we can't remember everything. We need to go through that list. We may, may not be able to go through it every day, the entire list every day, but we can go through part of the list today, part of it tomorrow, part of it tomorrow, so forth, and continue through until we have prayed for all of these things. There are so many things that we need to be praying for, but there's also it's also important for us not only to read the Word of God and to pray, but we must tell others, give our testimony to others about how Christ saved us. I think that's one of the areas that I have probably let down more in the latter part of my life because there was a time when I would not let anybody out of my sight without giving them a witness, and I have probably relinquished some of that. We started a church in 
Pemmet Hills, Falls Church, Virginia, back in 1972. 71, I think it was. And we saw the first nine months, we saw 102 public professions of faith and 88 baptisms. That was the richest part of my ministry in all the ministry I had through the years. And there in Pimmet Hills, I could just go out and knock on doors and people would talk with me. They would come to the door. There didn't seem to be any inhibitions or of any sort. They just were ready to just find out who you were, what you were. And I would always answer, I'd always begin like this. Hello, I'm John Bales. I'm pastor of Grace Baptist Church, just visiting in the community. Wonder if you go, go wonder if you folks go to church anywhere. If they said yes, I'd say, that's wonderful. Where do you go? Once they told me, I'd say, do you go there every Sunday? And they'd say, well, when I go, that's where I go. Well, that means when you're not going there, you can come to our church. Amen. Uh, and then I, I would say, by the way, let me ask you a question. Has anybody ever, and I, 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 I started out carrying a Bible, uh, but I, as years went on, I found out that I needed to hide my dagger in here because people would not come to the door if they saw a Bible in your hand. And so, but uh, I would say, by the way, has anybody ever taken a Bible and shown you how you could know for sure you're going to heaven? I don't think so. Or I don't remember. Would you mind if I share a few verses of scriptures with you? And I learned later, I developed a little business card that was about the size of a business card. It folded over. On the back, it had the Romans road. And I would hand them that invitation and I'd hold it so they could see. It says, you are invited to. And when they reached out and took it, I, then they had the Romans road in their hand. And so I would say, now, if I, they would say, sure, go ahead, concerning the verses. And so I would say, will you take that card and look at the back of it? Most people don't necessarily look at the back of a card. They usually look at the front. And they would open it up and look at it and so forth while I was talking to them. And then I'd say, look at the back of the card. And then I would go through the Romans road and share with them the gospel. And so many of them got saved. It was like a fishing hole that nobody had ever fished in. Folks, I believe there's still places out there. And I've noticed that on this trip, going out with pastors and knocking doors and going out with people in the church, knocking doors, we've had some people saved. And, uh, and there seems to be more of a reception of the Word of God now. We've had actually people say, well, you know, I was troubled. I was out taking a walk, this one young, young man. I was out taking a walk because I just wanted to, I just tr was troubled about some things and I just wanted to get my mind cleared. Well, let me help you. Let me help you get your mind cleared. And he got, he, he prayed and received Christ. Folks, let me tell you something. There are still people out there waiting to be, waiting to hear, and we are the ones who are responsible for giving them the Word of God. Are you doing that? Are you willing to do it? Let's stand together. 
Remember this morning <clears throat> we talked about the missionary of Gadara? He had a destroyed life until the Lord cast the demons out of him, saved him, set him free, and then he became a missionary to ten cities, giving his testimony. It said that people marveled at the testimony he gave them. Folks, let me tell you something. If you'll start giving your testimony, people will begin to marvel if you tell them your testimony in a very passionate way. Father in heaven, have your way now with each of us. Lord, we pray that if there's someone here tonight that does not know the pardon of sin for salvation, do not know for sure where their soul will spend eternity, we pray they would come and make their calling and election sure by calling upon the Lord Jesus Christ and being saved or getting assurance of salvation. We pray, Father, for those who have lacked the knowledge that they need of the Word of God, that they would come and commit themselves to this matter of giving everything to Christ and being willing to be taught by the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray for those that are here that need to come and just confess sin to get it out of the way so that the growth can begin in their lives and they can take advantage of that most precious faith that we have in Jesus Christ. Father, have your way now in every heart, every life, for we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, the message is clear. The invitation is open. You come as God directs. have some ushers we're going to receive uh, the offering if you have an offering a regular offering make sure you uh, Chris grab some envelopes up anybody need them grab a handful of envelopes come on down if you all need an envelope and he's getting dressed okay come on so uh, I don't know what they're watching in that booth back are you guys watching TV on that monitor anybody need an envelope if you need to separate your offering from tithe and then love offering. So we need to do that. So let's give as the Lord directs. Let's pray. Tim, pray for us. Lord, we just thank you uh, for Brother Bales. And Lord, we thank you for the word of God, Lord, and the courage you gave us tonight, Lord. 
further instructions and then went to Sanctuary and prayed with the congregation there and left and said, this is not true. Amen, amen. Well, I failed to mention uh, Majani was here today and she's going to have another baby. Yeah. And I, I said, I said, I said, Dorothy, I said, and she, I said, is Dorothy trying to talk to me? And she said, yeah, she's trying to tell you she's going to have a brother. So that was funny. So pray for that. Now, uh, ladies, Miss um, Creed's going to have an, have an ornament. What What's the date of the ornament thing? December 2nd. So um, I was thinking of pushing our evangelistic outreach to the next week. So it wouldn't be so busy that weekend. Yes, okay, can we do that? We'll change that. So what's the next week? It'll be the 3rd at 7, so the 10th. That's not algebra. I can get it. Sunday. We go out we go out at four thirty the first Sunday of every month. And we have people here praying, we have people here writing letters, we have people saturating, people knocking doors, people cooking and so we have a good time with that. Okay. All right. Elijah you made it back. Where where were you guys? Wow. That's, that's, a, that's a hop and a skip. Amen. Well, good to see you. Good to see you. And uh, so good to see everybody. Jennifer, good to see you. I know we missed you this morning. I know you had to work, but we missed you. And uh, what's his name? James, how you doing? Amen. Well, good to see everybody. Well, let's stand to be dismissed in prayer. Good to see everybody. Stop by the table. And get some literature. There's good literature, BIMI literature they cover. We'll get the bales back there, and, and they'll stop by, and you, you stop by and see them. And uh, let's continue to pray for the bales. We need them out on the road. There's, there's you know, there's really not what what he does, you know, it's, 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 it's what he does in spending time with pastors and helping pastors is not glamorous. You know, but it but it's important, and he's laying treasures up in heaven. But there, you know, there are there are pastors out there. Um, Dana Dice is up there in Jamaica, Queens, right in the middle of it, and uh, they're getting ready. Some other guys getting ready to go up there and start a church. Um, another church, brother Bales. I forget. Brother Larson told me. And and then they told me they were thinking about going out to Far Rockaway to start a church. You ever been out to Far Rockaway? Yeah, I, that's where we planted trees out in that area. And it's a you know it's a peninsula out there, and every it's all residential, and all of a sudden it turns into hood. I mean the hood, and 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 I asked somebody about riding that sub that 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 subway out there. They said don't don't that's not the good one. That's not a good one to ride. <laughs> so, so, uh, and then I went into this neighborhood, and that was where the people that were connected lived. And I said, "Okay, I'm going to make myself scarce here." And, but it's 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 it, but it's just people. Just it's just like here, but it's just squished together. 
like we'll be in a few years. I mean, they're tearing down woods and building buildings everywhere. So let's pray for each other. Let me let me also mention uh, everybody. Let's take ownership of the building. We're getting into the cold season, so if you see a light on or if you see a heater on that's not to be heated, uh, you know, you know, turn it off. Okay, or ask or let somebody know. Um, because that, that just uh, this this is time of year when it and when uh, the, the utilities go up, amen. And so so let's let's and let's pray for each other. Let's have a good week and see you back here on Wednesday. Lord willing, amen. Sam, close for us in prayer, brother. Amen. Amen.